You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to The Riding, DFS and betting podcast. Noticed I didn't say NFL there because, you know, we're branching out. Um, PGA is a, is a sport that I have played, researched, won at, uh, definitely from a betting side, for five years. And I just never provided content. I was mostly just an NFL content provider. But I feel like I'm about to dive into some pretty hefty PGA podcasting, and I'm excited about it. I've always done the research. I've always played on DraftKings and, and always bet PGA, but never provided content. But I feel like um, it's something that I am definitely capable of doing. So we're gonna get we're gonna get started. We're gonna do PGA content. Did it the last two weeks. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But I just wanted to let you know that I would never you know start providing NASCAR content or MMA content or even baseball content because I don't feel like I have much to add and I wouldn't do it just to get clicks or subscribers or you know. Um, subscription money or anything like that on a website if I didn't feel like the content that I was providing was beneficial. So I hope everybody had a solid Father's Day weekend, whether you're a father, a father figure, you have a dad still in your life. Hopefully everybody's weekend was pretty solid. You got to at least be around some people um, this weekend and celebrate. Personally, I was gifted a cast iron outdoor grill slash griddle so you know big old uh, big old restaurant style griddle in the backyard now i'll be cooking up i mean it's basically the same thing as a grill except there's no grates right you can cook things that would normally fall through uh, on a grill on a griddle so probably lots of pancakes out there lots of hibachi cheesesteaks things like that excited to get that rolling However, the best part of Father's Day, obviously, was spending time with my family. The second part was hitting the Webb Simpson outright bet. And I know a lot of people were on Webb, so that was nothing, um, you know, too outlandish, too contrarian. But um, it was a great way to end Father's Day. Cashed the Webb winner ticket at RBC Heritage. Made the end of Father's Day really awesome. Also... I'm not someone who, and you guys know this from listening to my NFL show, I'll come on and tell you what kind of week I had, but I'm not going to like sit there and go over every single right pick I made. This week, though, I have to make an exception. Over the course of the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, you know, early morning, like 8 a.m., I tweeted out my favorite two balls. And if you're unfamiliar with that, it's basically just a matchup on DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever site you bet on they will have um, the the pairings and you can bet on just a 1v1 matchup, right? Like Doc Redman versus Johnny Vegas for the day. Who's going to score lower? They'll put odds on it. Over the course of the weekend, I tweeted out my favorite seven. And six were winners and one pushed. So I absolutely tore up the weekend on two balls as well. Did not lose one of them. One pushed on an 18 birdie from Johnny Vegas to to push the week uh push the round with Doc Redman but um 
that being the only non-winner, uh, I'll definitely take that. Also had a pretty decent week on DraftKings. Um, if you listened to the show last week, my three picks at the top were Webb Bryson and Daniel Berger to repeat uh, as a top five finisher. So um, pretty good week. Uh, the problem was I had a little bit too much of Sung Jay and Si Wu um, and not enough. I had a little bit of answer, not enough Terrell Hatton. So uh, it was a good week, but I well, it just didn't have didn't have the nuts. Um, I mean, congrats to Nate Knox as well. I don't know if you guys know Nate Knox. He's a he's a PGA DFS guy on Twitter. Hit the millionaire maker with the optimal lineup was like forty or fifty points ahead of second place. You know, like after like the sixteenth or fifteenth or sixteenth hole on Sunday, he literally couldn't lose. There was no sweat because he had the top four or five guys in his lineup. And it didn't really matter how it shook out. He was going to, you know, to win the Millie Maker. Awesome. Congrats to him. All right, let's get into this Travelers Championship event at TPC River Highlands. I'll do a quick course preview for you guys. Um, six, 6,800 yards, super short course, par 70, another Pete Dye design. So we're going to have those blind shots, the angles. Um, a lot of shot making required, a lot of knowledge of where to attempt to place the ball in the fairway to have a good look into the green. So um, I'm not saying that bombers are, you know, canceled here. What I am saying is that there are some shorter hitters who may have a shot. Um, you know, obviously distance on some holes, like some holes, they'll have to use less than driver. They'll have to pull out the three wood or, or an iron off the tee. But there are holes, holes where they're going to be able to hit driver. And it is a huge advantage for someone like Bryson to be able to be, you know, 50 yards closer to the hole, especially with the way his wedges are dialed in. So as for specific holes on this course, um, there's a, it, it does have what's called the four most exciting holes in golf, it's the last four holes on the course. Um, I know hole 15, I believe it is, is a 296-yard par 4 with sand and water all around it. So you can drive the green, obviously. Most guys can drive the green um, or at least run it up there and, and try to, if it's hot out, get it to run onto the green. But it is a bit tricky with all of the trouble around it. Um, 16 is a par 3 over water. 17 is a second shot over water. I can't remember what hole 18 looks like at this given moment. Um, but, you know, the course is, there's two par 5s only. So, you know, par 5 scoring, and they're, they're somewhat difficult par 5. So par 5 scoring is not really something that I looked at this week. The greens are Pola. With a little bit of bent mixed in, um, they, they switched out the greens a few years ago, I believe. So a switch on the greens here, POA. Um, I don't necessarily look at the style of greens too much unless there is a huge difference. Like some guys are awesome on POA but can't putt on bent or Bermuda uh, or vice versa. And those are the only ones where I think I... I you know, I tend to look at it and say, maybe there's something to this, right? Like if a guy's only marginally better on one green or the other, that's not really something that I take much into account. Only if there is a severe discrepancy 
in the types of greens uh, will I you know flag that and potentially um, put him in my player pool all right so a quick look at how um, this course has fared in the past uh, last year Ches Reeve, um you know another guy that doesn't really crush the ball off the tee wins it so Obviously, guys that, uh, you know, aren't super long can compete here. Bubba, although, has won it three times here at Travelers. So, obviously, you know, you can be a bomber. You can be a little bit of an erratic um, bomb and gouge type player and win here, as Bubba has shown. And this is the site of Jim Furyk's PGA record, 58. I believe that was in 2016. Um, Absolutely just lit the course up 12 under. Uh, so as you can see, a mix of skill sets that have, have done well here. So, um, you know, there, it's not a course where you immediately cross out someone who is not a long hitter or someone who is terrible around the greens or anything like that, or is inaccurate off the tee, um, myriad of skill sets can definitely win here at TPC River Highlands. Okay, so quickly the stats that I looked at. um, Obviously, I used fantasynational.com. Go over there and sign up if you want to get all of the, you know, the tools and the models that they have are, you know, just awesome. So the stats, I'm not going to give you all the sauce. I'm just going to tell you exactly what I looked at. I'm not going to tell you the exact parameters down to the percentage or anything if you would like to go over and build your own model i definitely suggest that based on um you know some of your own research so i baked in a little bit of recent form by accounting for the last two tournaments um not not a ton but definitely want uh to take a look at anybody that has popped over the last two weeks opportunities gained is something that I weighted fairly heavily here and basically what opportunities gained is it's a proprietary stat from fantasy national that accounts for birdie opportunities within 15 feet and also if they hit the green in under regulation meaning they had a putt for eagle or better Um, and you know I think that's important because it takes into account how close to the hole uh, a guy has been stuffing it for the most part over the last uh, 50 rounds, I believe I used for that one. And I also um, created a second where it it waits the last eight rounds uh, separately too. So, uh, and that's big. You guys know if you play golf, um, it's a lot different. Uh, birdie putts are a lot different when you stuff it close rather than you know, if you, you, you hit it short or you kind of hit it fat and it, it gets to the green, but it's still, you know, just a pace on and you still have a 30 footer for birdie. That's basically uh, a lot less valuable than if you are dialed in and you have manageable putts for birdie. Um, so I weighted that fairly heavily. Also looked at a little bit of course history. I'm, I'm not a huge course history guy, but there are certain courses that year over year, um, certain guys tend to just do well, and we'll talk about that. Um, I waited that a little bit. Par four scoring, there's a ton of par fours between 400 and 450 yards, so I waited that exact yardage range a little bit, and then I did look at 
putting slightly. So that is what I put into um, the model that I created. And I'm just going to go through the salary range and tell you who sticks out based on their um, DraftKings salary. Um, so in that top range, uh, I'm going to go back to Bryson. Uh, I think he has looked great. Um, you know, he is first in recent form in this model uh, over the last two weeks. He's gained a ton of strokes. Um, he's been right up there both weeks in contention on Sunday. He just needs to, you know, he just needs that little bit of a breakthrough. But he's absolutely right there. And he is, I mean, there's really no there's really no red flag in, in his um, statistical game as far as the stats that I uh the stats that I included, he's second in opportunities gained. So he's, he's stuffing it in close. He's scores well on those par four in the, in those yardage ranges. He's buying on POA. Um, he's ball striking. Well, I may have forgot to mention that, but I also included ball striking in this model, um, which is a combination of off the tee and approach. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going back to the Bryson. Well, he's, 1100 just 200 less than Rory McIlroy but he's going to be probably my highest own at the top there I also think that you know Rory and JT and Rom and Webb are okay I'm probably going to fade Brooks I'm worried about him just a little bit his his opportunities gain hasn't been good the last two rounds um really hasn't been you know sticking it close has been doing. I mean, his recent form is 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 good. He's played pretty well in the last two tournaments. But I think I just like the other guys a little bit better at the top. Um, Rory. I mean, for what it's worth, I'm a Rory fan, but I think he's he's almost there as well. Just like Bryson, I think he's a he's real close to just turning the corner and and blowing out the field. In one of these tournaments, um, I know he's had a, a round here or there that's been not great since we're back. But I do like Rory this week as well. Um, and Webb, man. Webb pops too. Jeez. Uh, I mean, he wins last week. He's a really good POA putter. He's one of those guys that pops on POA. Um, but uh, the rest of his stats are, are somewhat average. Um, he had He just had a really hot putter last week, um, which I thought was going to be to his detriment, right? So when you're looking at guys that you want to bet live while the tournament's going on, or that you want to take in one of those two balls that I was talking about, those 1v1 matchups, you really want to look at the guys who are striking the ball well, who are getting it on the green, and just have been, you know, missing birdie putts here and there that, you know, that's that's what's doing damage to their score, right? You, you kind of want to shy away from guys who aren't striking the ball well but are hitting 40 footers and chipping in from off the green because that stuff doesn't really translate round over round whereas you're just hoping that you know the ball striking continues and those guys that are are missing those 10 and 15 footers they start to drop that was the opposite of Webb last week he was the guy that was draining long putts and not really sticking it in close uh, on the weekend but he got it done he just ripped off a bunch of great holes down the stretch um when he when he poured that one in on 16 and then 17 
I knew it was the, the ticket was good. And I actually had added an answer ticket on Saturday morning, so I really didn't care. Um, I had it hedged out a little bit, but uh, I was glad to see Webb get that W. All right, so in the 9K range, um, you know, the guys that stick out here for me, I really like Justin Rose this week. He is, you know, his opportunities gained are good. His recent form is pretty good. His form at this course is is okay. He's, he's typically done decent here. Um, the only thing is putting for him uh has been a little bit suspect but I think if he can you know if he can sink a few putts Rose definitely has a shot to be in contention on Sunday I'm probably going to fade Colin Morikawa this week I don't know if people are going to go back to him or what but I think people are you know going to gravitate towards him a little bit lost in a playoff had a tough round at RBC Heritage, and then I think people are going to hop back on the Morikawa train. Not a huge fan. I'd rather take someone who is a little bit under owned. I think I like Xander again this week. He, you know, that par for 400 to 450 range is his sweet spot. Ranks really high there. He's been a great ball striker uh, in the two rounds that we have come back, and he had a really strong finish on Sunday um, at Harbortown. So I do like Xander. Um, I see a lot of hype for, for DJ this week because he has, he had a really nice um, weekend at Harbortown. I'll probably have a little bit of, of DJ, but not, not in love. Patrick Cantley though. I mean, I would have loved if he, there's two guys in this range, Pat, Patrick Cantley and Paul Casey that I like a lot. I mean, Paul Casey, blows the field away here in strokes gained at this course uh, in particular. So his course history is off the charts. If you pull up his history at River Highlands, he has like four or five top five finishes um, with a couple. He never, I don't think he's ever won, but he has a couple um, T2s, a T4, a T5. He really crushes this course. I would have loved for him and Cantley to have a, a tournament under their belt at this point. Um, but I think I'll have a little bit of of them as well. All right, into the $8,000 range. Um, Casey's at the top there. I do like Paul Casey. I think he's going to be popular, though, just because he's popping in. Um, I think he's going to pop in models that weight recent form and that weight opportunities gain because before we went, on COVID time, he was really high up there in, in opportunities gained. So if anybody has opportunities gained and recent form weighted at all in their model, Paul Casey's definitely going to pop. Um, Bubba, I mean, I just mentioned that he's won three times here. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind having a little bit of Bubba. But just know that you're probably going to be underweight on the field on Bubba. So maybe the play is to just, you know, fade Bubba entirely because with that recent form having won here three times, I think that his ownership is going to be off the charts. And he's a fairly easy fade because he's a guy that, you know, he can definitely win here again, obviously. I mean, he's won three times. I don't think he's going to make it a fourth. But he's also a guy that can can definitely miss the cut. So... 
Uh, I think his ownership relative to his odds of missing the cut are, you know, something that w- would lend me to believe he's a fade for me. Surge, though, man. I um, put a, 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 a few bucks on a surge to win ticket on Sunday morning because of what I mentioned. His ball striking was off the charts and he just wasn't putting. Um, typical surge. But that ended up not coming through. But I think I like him this week at 8500 on DraftKings. Um, his opportunities gain is up there. His eight rounds... Since we are back, um, you know, his recent form, quote-unquote, has been pretty good. He's typically played this course pretty well. His ball striking's up there. Really, the only thing is his putting. So hopefully he gets a hot flat stick and and does it for us this week. I think he'll be a win bet of mine as well. Fading Spieth. Um, man, Spieth has... The putter is, has, has helped him um, over the last two weeks um, have the success that he has had. So, you know, with the poor um, ball striking and um, I just don't think that we can rely on the putter again for another week. Don't love Matthew Fitzpatrick. Everybody's all over Matthew Fitzpatrick for some reason. He's not uh, someone that I ever gravitate towards. He's a Euro guy. He's had some success over there. He's won a couple times on the Euro tour. But Really hasn't seen a ton of success in the States. I think he has one second-place finish. And then other than that, like, just very mediocre. Um, he is in decent form over the last two rounds, but nothing really else pops for me there. Don't love him. Um, man, I love Gary Woodland, but not gonna, not really going to go back to him. I think he's um, struggling a bit and uh, never really a, a Tony Finau guy. Um, he's struggling a little bit as well um, in these two tournaments back. Who I do like is Mark Leishman. He has popped at this course. Um, He has played fairly well uh, since we've come back from COVID. His ball striking's pretty solid, and his par-4 scoring in that 400 to 450-yard range is pretty solid. So I do like Mark Leishman uh, dropping down into the 7Ks. I also like Victor Hovland a lot. He he pops here. Um his uh, let me see. Let's see how he's how he fared here in his past starts. I'm guessing he only played the course once. Yeah, he only gained about a half a stroke on the field in in four rounds here. So not great, not great history, but he's number one in ball striking uh, on this in this model. He pops in opportunities gained. Really the only thing, really the only issue has been the putter. And like I said, that's the guys that you want to, you know, buy low on a little bit are the guys that have been striking the ball well, playing golf well. And you know how this works. I mean, you guys, I actually just played golf yesterday and I had that exact type of round. I was striking the ball well. I had a, hit a lot of greens in regulation, but just couldn't get the putts to drop. And you would much rather have that type of round where, you know, you're on the green uh, in regulation or under regulation and you have birdie putts that just aren't dropping rather than, you know, you're spraying the ball left and right and you're, you know, chipping in miraculously or sinking 40 footers. That type of game is just not sustainable Hovland is definitely playing 
really well. He just isn't scoring. As for, you know, guys under Hovland, so from that 8K and down range that includes all of the 7 and 6K guys, I'm not going to go through every single one of them because a lot of them, you know, I'm just Xing out. The guys that I will have pieces of, Joaquin Neiman played awesome last week, you know, is up there in opportunities gained, um, decent course history. He's in pretty good form. Basically, his putter is the only thing that we have to worry about um, here as well. So I think, you know, Neiman is someone I'll have a good chunk of on DraftKings. I love Brian Harmon this week. He's a guy that pops on Poa Greens. He's up there in opportunities gained. He's ball strike decently well, well enough that I, it's not a red flag for me. And he has a ton of success at TPC River Highlands. So Brian Harmon is someone that I like this week. Um, I think I'm going to go back to Corey Connors. I'm not a huge Corey Connors guy, but he is, you know, he's striking the ball really well and he rates out pretty high in this model for someone at 7,500. Harold Varner. I think he is going to be a first-round leader bet of mine, so I'll probably play him in DraftKings Showdown. Um, but, you know, he's someone, I mean, if you watched Colonial, he was just throwing darts. He was really, which is why he's rated out pretty high in this model, because I weighted opportunities gained pretty heavily. Um, and if you recall, that's the Fantasy National stat that takes into account birdie opportunities within 15 feet and hitting the green in under regulation, um, meaning you have an eagle putter better. So I think if Varner can get the putter working, and he, he's a better pole putter than than um, anything else. So I like Varner at 7,100 to have a little bit of a comeback this week, and I'll probably bet him first-round leader. Charlie Hoffman pops at this course. And also pops in opportunities gained over the last, you know, since we're back from COVID. So I think um, Charlie Hoffman I'll have a, a touch of as well. Russell Henley at 6,800. He's someone that I normally shy away from. But he really pops in par 4 scoring from this specific yardage range. And he's had some success at River Highlands. And he's been pretty good Uh ball striker over his his last 50 rounds as well. Um, and then Mark Leishman, I think I already mentioned him, but he's right at 8K. I can't remember if I, if I mentioned Leish, but he's definitely someone who I will be targeting. Um, pretty good course history, pretty good recent form, um, and he's ball striking pretty well also. Doc Redman. I, I love me some Doc Redman. He even though, you know, he pushed with uh, Johnny Vegas. He was the only two ball that I did not win last week um, on that 18, uh, hole 18 birdie from Vegas. But uh, he pops, man. He's first in opportunities gained over the last eight rounds, so since we're back. But he's also seventh in opportunities gained over his last 50 rounds. He's ball striking well. Um, so I think Doc Redman is just feeling it. He's one of those guys that, that's hot, and I think he, it continues. I like Ches Reevy. I like Joel Damon. Um, man, 
I, I have to quit Ryan Moore. Ryan Moore always pops in the models that I create, but he just does not get it done. So I'm not a huge fan of Moore. Um, maybe a little bit of Brendan Steele at 6,600. His stats are pretty solid outside of putting. Um, and that's pretty much it under 7,800. Um, maybe Ryan Palmer as well. I don't know if he'll be chalky. I'll have to check out Fanshare Sports. Um, and see their projected ownership on him, and Scotty Scheffler as well at at 7,600. So those are the guys that I'm looking at. Um, this will be Scheffler's first time playing here, but he's been ball striking and, and stuffing it pretty close. Um, so that's it. That's a look at pretty much the guys that are going to be in my player pool. Um, I don't know if I mentioned... Jason Kokrak, but I think he will also be up there for me. He's up there in opportunities gain. He's his form is nice, um, and he's ball striking pretty well. He hasn't traditionally played well at River Highlands, but I'm not worried about that. So those are the guys. Um, I, I think that was about 20, 25 guys that I that I mentioned that'll be in my DraftKings player pool. Okay, on to bets. Man, I really love Bryson. I just can't bet him at 12 to 1, at plus 1,200. Um, if that at all creeps backwards, you know, to 16 or 18, I, I doubt it does. But um, if you're someone who is going to, only wants to bet one uh, one guy this week, and you don't really want to spread your bankroll, you want to take one pot shot, Maybe Bryson's the guy for you, um, but the way I do it, that's just not going to see uh, enough of a return for me. I am going to take a stab at Xander, um, seeing him anywhere between 20 and 24 to 1. I think I might wait on that because I think his number is going to drop a little bit. I think people are off Xander. He had a, obviously he, he you know goofed a little bit at Colonial, uh, splashing a ball. Uh, down the stretch, cost him the tournament, and then he didn't. He made the cut this week at Heritage on his last hole. He birdied his last hole after the rain delay on Friday, and then had a decent weekend. So I think I like Xander to pick it up here. Uh, I'm gonna go Justin Rose also at twenty eight to one, and then. Uh, I mentioned Mark Leishman. He can get streaky, and he likes this course. So I'm going to go Leishman sixty to one, Serge fifty to one, Hovland sixty to one, and also I'm going to put a little bit on Neiman. I think that he stays hot as well. So those are my six guys: Xander, Rose, Serge, Hov, uh, Leish, and Neiman. If anything changes, I'll let you you guys know on Twitter. Um, those aren't dead set, but those are the guys that I'm leaning towards betting. I'll probably bet five or six of them. As for first round leader, um, I mentioned Varner before. I really think, and he was first round leader two weeks ago, but I think, you know, he has those streaky rounds. He's been playing well, just hasn't been putting well. Hopefully he gets hot in that first round. I like Harold Varner, first round leader. Johnny Vegas, I know this is a guy that Pat Mayo mentioned. He's on his first-round leader. I'm going to tail him on it. I feel like I always bet Johnny Vegas first-round leader because he always has that ability to have those huge hot rounds. Um, so Johnny Vegas, 
Charlie Hoffman is going to be a guy that I bet first-round leader, and I'm going to bet uh, Mark Leishman first-round leader as well. And then um, each morning, guys, I'm going to probably keep throwing up my favorite two balls on the weekend. Uh, I can't guarantee that I won't lose a two ball like I did last weekend that I tweeted, but um, you know, basically what I do is I just look at the, the matchups and see who's been striking the ball well. If there's any discrepancy in someone who's striking the ball well and someone who has just been getting lucky with their putter, and I take the the ball striker, and it's been it's really been working out well. If you have not yet, please just right now open up the phone or wherever you're listening, scroll down and just hit five stars for me. It goes a long way in helping me climb the iTunes ladder. Um, Good luck if you are betting or playing PGA DFS this weekend.